everybody, and welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Corinne. I'm Justin. I'm James. On this episode, we're going to be doing Stranger Things Season 1, created by the Duffer Brothers. Unfortunately, Cleo will not be able to join us this week because on her most recent LARP excursion, she was unfortunately cannibalized in... It's like a poorly thought through... A poorly thought through Donner Party experience. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. really, it's really not something you want to base a LARP on. No. Yeah. So all our best to, to her and her, her compatriots. In this time of woe. <laughs> She'll be back next week, though, so yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, that's true. Next episode. Yes, yeah, guys, it's, yeah. And now this has gone on far too long. Let's talk about Stranger Things, guys. Yeah, let's do that. All I don't right, know. What's, so, uh, what's stranger than a Donner Party LARP? I don't know. But honestly, like... <laughs> like, at this point, I think a girl with psychic powers is less strange than that. <laughs> yeah, we've really built up a pretty extensive mythology about this LARP at this point. <laughs> <sighs> All right, so Firestarter. No. What? But, but yes. Well, okay. Stranger basically. Things is kind of basically Firestarter. Sure. Plus a monster. Yeah. Um, I actually, without being specific, James, I'm really interested to hear how you liked it ultimately, because I, I'd heard your opinion on it yesterday up till episode six, I think. And yeah, then, we talked about the body. Yeah. And then- Wait, uh, so you still had six, seven, and eight left as of yesterday? N- no- uh, through episode six yeah yesterday Corinne and i had talked uh, around lunchtime and we had talked about the fact that i had watched episode six the night before okay yeah so i watched seven and eight last night as did we yeah but i've already seen it yes that was no, my I'm third just, time watching it yeah, yeah it, was <laughs> my, it was my second i'm just yeah. and my first so look at that oh um, one two three those are numbers that are yeah. sequential yeah no i i liked it i liked it i would call, i would give it uh, like an eight kind of it was sort of like roughly around where i was floating on my arbitrary scale mm. eight feels right um i i will say i i didn't love a lot of stuff going on towards the end it felt like um it fell apart in a few ways it felt like it kind of i don't know it, it easier to talk about in spoilers but sure. i i wasn't i wasn't in love with the last few episodes there's some really good scenes and sequences though um i think it takes a little while to i'll say this I think that all of the things that it's strongest at in like its first half and change become the areas where it ends up kind of being weakest at the end and vice versa. And I guess uh, I guess it didn't work for me in a way that I was totally in love with. But no, I, I'd say it was really good. I liked it a lot. I I think one thing just throughout the entire thing, it is gorgeous, right? Like it feels like the kind of show where you could show me most shots from this and like blur out the people and I'd be like, oh, Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Like not even just because everything is like, immediately recognizable it's like oh i know that tree but it's just like no like the way this is shot like feels very it's a very specific thing like i i really like how just the entire show looks it's great yeah um really good music uh i thought the the acting was all really good i thought just in general the direction is really good a lot of like really cool scenes um i will i will say and i think that this is something that you're we're probably going to see more and more of and i think we're already seeing more and more of um, I think a lot of really cool shots, many of which though felt like they were uh, they were set up with thumbnail like episode thumbnails in mind mm. or like screen caps for summary articles or things like that, which I don't think is inherently a bad thing. But it was the kind of thing where I went and I was just like, it, "This is all really beautifully shot, but not always." But it feels like it's a lot of um, still images kind of chained together. A lot of the time. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Parks and Recs? Yeah. 
it's it's like the google earth always taking pictures line yeah 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 but so it it was one it was something that i it made me think that it was probably considered when doing it it makes me really curious about whether that's something we're going to be seeing more of maybe it's something we're already seeing more of and i just don't watch enough like netflix shows i'm it not always up might just be in a contract with netflix it could be your show must be perfect for screen caps at all times yeah or maybe it's just something that like they just thought through and they were like no we're gonna like we're gonna do it this way because we know there's gonna be a fuck ton but, we're gonna build our show for the distribution medium it's created for that's yeah honestly smart it's smart. i mean it's it's what a lot of people say about netflix shows kind of in general is that like it, and it kind of started with house of cards where it was very it was sort of built to be binged right yeah it's it's this thing is sort of a continual experience it was actually saying to Cran that i think stranger things flies in the face of that stranger things would have worked great on tv um every episode has the modern idea of like you know, slow build, interesting thing happens, continuous, and then ends on a cra absolutely crazy cliffhanger. Yeah. And it's like every single episode does it. And the effect of that is, I mean, in this instance, the effect is that you you dive, you dive want to dive immediately into the next episode. And so it's built for binging in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also very much built for TV, where the idea was you would end on this cliffhanger and people would be like, oh, my God. And then it's the thing everybody wants to talk about. And then everybody tunes in next week. Right. Yeah, I think it's it's I, I agree with that 100 percent. And I think that it's a really interesting, different take on that built to binge theme, because I remember a lot of the early interviews about House of Cards where people were like, oh, well, like, what was it like doing? It's like, well, you know, the whole thing was we it was something that we knew we were releasing all at once so we could pace the whole thing differently. You know, we still wanted like a beginning, middle and end to each episode, but we could focus much more on the broader arc and treat it as like a 13 hour movie. Right. Um, Which is awesome. Oh, yeah, it was really cool. And I think that this does a really interesting thing in that it looks the other way and it says, OK, so we've already kind of figured out how to do the 13 hour movie version of of a built to binge series. How do we do the TV show where you leave every episode where you can't wait for the next episode? Oh, but don't worry, you have it, you know? Right. And it's, yeah, it's interesting to me because it's like, there are a lot of times with, with any, any show, really, you can like, you finish an episode and you're like, all right, that was a satisfying conclusion. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to go do this. or I'm going to go do that. Right. And, and that was even true of shows that the earlier shows that were built to binge like House of Cards, right? Where it's, yeah. it's designed to be this persistent story. That's great to be viewed in like a sitting if you want to commit to that. Yeah. Um, but you can, you can come away from an episode and like sort of stop there yeah and stranger things almost like forces you not to do that yeah which is yeah it's a it's a really interesting sort of flip side of the same built to binge model that is more reflective of standard serialized tv that we know and an upside down version of it if if you will um but i will say i do think that some of my frustrations with the ending uh, as much as as much as i will readily praise that approach for the episode to episode structure of the show mm -hmm. uh i think that a lot of my frustrations with the ending come from my similar frustrations with the ending of most regular tv seasons i think that it had some of those similar philosophies and that's kind of what turned it into something i didn't like as much um i think something like house of cards tends to do a much better job and this as someone who really kind of fell off of house of cards after the early seasons same um but I, I do think that, you know, for example, in that first season, it does a very good job of wrapping up the first season story at the end of the first season. And you're interested in what happens next. But it's not like a, oh, man, I got to see what happens next. I got to make sure I'm here for next season. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe we got to wait all summer for this. 
uh, it does it brings it to a much more satisfying conclusion. And then I want to come back because it was of such high quality. I feel like Stranger Things does a lot more of the oh oh what's going on with this? You don't know who what's going on. Find out next time. Come back next season. Yeah, it, I don't know. But if they didn't leave off like that, they wouldn't be able to summarize all the open plot points in in D and D terms, which they do. Yeah, sort of at the end. Oh yeah. Spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, it's speaking very broadly, but and we we should talk about this more in the spoiler section. And yeah. I I'm not inherently it's not something I think is objectively bad. It's just something I don't really like very much. Sure. Um it's not the way I like to close a thing. It's I don't know. I I someone once said to me about writing um and the idea of kind of a transition sentence at the end of a paragraph uh as opposed to at the beginning of the next one um that it's better to just finish your thought in this paragraph and let the next one stand on its own. Like you shouldn't need to make the person want to read the next paragraph. They should want to read the next paragraph because your writing's good. You know, like they should want just the next complete thought. And if the thing you have to say has more to do with the next paragraph than this one, that's where it belongs. Yeah. And it, it's definitely a personal thing, but I will say that that was my, that was a lot of my frustration with the end. It seemed like the focus shifted a lot from, doing this story to setting up for the next one but again much easier to talk about in post spoiler break but yeah like, honestly I, I feel like i'm harping on like the, the big thing that i felt was kind of the stumbling block towards the end i liked the whole series a lot um yeah that was really good and as we've talked about before certainly you and i corinne as someone who doesn't really have a lot of nostalgia for this kind of movie this kind of story you know, we talked about i don't read a lot of stephen king i was not like big into like a lot of the movies and stuff that inspired this so I definitely came into this being like, yeah, a lot of people like this a lot. I'm probably going to like it a lot less because usually if you, like, you hear a lot of people talking about, it's great. It's just like all the things I loved as a kid. And I was like, okay, well. I didn't I didn't love those things. Yeah, so. like we loved different things. So am I going to like it? And people are just like, honestly, I don't know what to say to you because <laughs> – and there was like – I just because I can't judge the show without without that being part of how I feel about it. So it was just like, yeah, like I – they're like that's a really good question let me know when you watch it but so yeah i would say though my takeaway yeah i liked it a lot i think less than some people who do have that nostalgia but still it's genuinely it's good tv yeah i i am a big fan of stranger things uh i also don't have that like like sort of 80s nostalgia thing going on that it like really like taps into and I think that's specifically what I said to you that sort of like brought you around to watching it was like, yeah, I don't care about any of that either. And I also really enjoyed it. Yeah. You were the first person who like said that to me. That was a huge part of why I was like, okay, yeah, let's, let's go with that then. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really, I think that Stranger Things does a really good job of giving us really great characters. Like there, there are so many characters in the show that I am just rooting for, like, like, Joyce Byers is phenomenal. Like she is so good. I love her so much. And like Hopper, like Hopper's just like fun to just be like to like man, I don't wanna I don't wanna like give things away. This is hard to talk about pre spoilers, but like there are certain parts like in the beginning Hopper sort of set up to be like not quite as sympathetic and then you find yourself like rooting for him more and more as the show progresses and those parts where you're rooting for him the most are often surprising as justin and i were talking about as we were rewatching it <laughs> um but we'll get to that more after the spoiler break i guess uh characters yeah i really love the characters I, I i really liked the kids i liked their their dynamic and 
I'm not completely in love with, I guess, the other, like, team, which was Jonathan and, and Nancy and, like, where their sort of storyline goes. But, uh... Yeah, I agree. But... I like them for a lot of it, but yeah, the yeah. ending is weird. Yeah. So, Stranger Things, great characters and, um, in my opinion, the best characters on the show are the the girl eleven and Joyce Byers with Hopper as a I guess close third. Uh Justin, add something smart about how much you like Stranger Things. I don't I don't know if I have anything smart to say about how much I like Stranger Things. Right, I really on. like Stranger Things. Okay. It it admittedly has several flaws, uh, some of which are are worse than others, but it all comes together as a really strong and satisfying series. Okay. Yeah. Anything else that we want to talk about before before spoilers? We um, are already pushing it. I feel like it's really hard in this to talk to like to say what is spoilers, what are what is not. Yeah. Do we want to start getting into that? Do we want to say anything else for the the listening public who have not seen the show yet? I yeah. guess just our normal thing. I would recommend this pretty much to pretty much to anyone. I think anyone could give this a try and potentially like it. Um specifically to people who enjoy sort of like more sci-fi kind of kind of fantasy things i think that'll be more of your more up your alley if that's your thing an intimate knowledge of D D is involved for, yeah for two very specific scenes in which you need to understand whether or not a certain dice roll means a successful fireball i was very confused about that you i mean but second edition though so like right yeah so, every, so you're good yeah i mean yeah. as you'll you'll get there if you're familiar with like 3.5 pathfinder yeah. fifth fourth you know but it's really second edition knowledge that you need yeah it's, i would call it a hard requirement <laughs> but, yeah I, I would also say as someone who as we've established doesn't usually go in for the spooky stuff uh this was more tense than spooky oh um, yeah good point i think there are a few like scary moments but nothing nothing too bad it opens pretty scary and like it's funny because i the second time i watched it it was with my mom Mm -hmm. and i had gone home and saw that she had stranger things up and i was like oh mom you're watching this i just watched this it was really great what did you think and she was like oh i watched like the first 15 seconds and it was too scary and i was like mom that's literally the scariest part of the show just watch more of it yeah it it really does get like it they, they open scary and then after that it's a lot of tension yeah um I was totally ready for you to say it's like oh you watched with your mom and then you went home and she had like hung lights everywhere. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, I didn't. I didn't under- immediately understand like the chronology of the statement. I thought you had watched it with her and then gone home, not like you had watched it with her and then we're flashing back to when you had like gone home and said, so- yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. So I would say like even if you don't generally go for the spooky stuff, it's there. There are a few like scary moments, but it's not. Um, it it's in there, but that's not like the core of the show. I would say there's more moments of tension than scary moments, and um, I, I felt like by the end, even then, like a lot of the the scares had really been kind of drained of like their actual scariness. I think it. I think the the show knew that though. Oh, like no, it I wasn't. Agree. It wasn't. It wasn't like it was trying to present things as scary, like past their scariness. Yeah, past the pop of the scariness bubble for each yeah. of the things, but like. You know, it definitely settled more into um, of, of an actiony experience than a tension building experience. I agree with that. Yeah, that that's an important clarification. Uh, considering I, I was not a huge fan of the end of the show, I do think that that's one of its big successes. Is that it? I think it intelligently shifts from alien to aliens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for 
don't know, for lack of a better way to put it. That's, There's probably a better that, way to put it. Yeah, it gets the point um, across, I think. But, you know, it... To me? Yeah. You you hit the point where it turns into... There's more action. You are less scared of the monster. You are more invested in killing the monster, you know? So. And there are moments of tension in that, but it, it ceases to be, like, really scary. All right. In this spoiler break? Uh, yeah. Nice. Oh, right. Yeah. Next time. <laughs> Waiting on you there, buddy. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So for our next topic, we're going to be doing syncopated worlds. We are going to be reading Folding Beijing, which I know we are all really excited about. Uh, if you listened to our last episode, I think we all talked for longer than we expected about the way we heard about the story and how excited we are to read it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that'll be a lot of fun. At the very least, I would say check that one out as someone who has not yet read it um it's short too like it's 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 a novella it's a, it's a yeah it's a novella yeah so worth a look there um and then we're going to be watching elysium and we're going to be playing bioshock infinite um so honestly i think this is going to be a lot of fun it's i am i i don't know i just keep going back to how excited i am for for folding beijing this was something i didn't even know it existed until like you brought it up as a possible thing to read i right? brought it up yeah i did i did that yeah and now it's all I want to read. So, I don't know. I'm excited for that. It's going to completely ruin, like, the next stuff that we have to do. Because <laughs> we're like, let's just skip the next two episodes and do that one. <laughs> God, I hope we get there and it's not, like, terrible. <laughs> what oh, if man. it turns oh, out God. to be awful? Well, then uh, we'll have, I guess, an interesting episode where we all are very sad. That's true. It'll be interesting no matter what. Um, interesting for you, the, the the listener. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of miserable for Sad us. for us. <laughs> uh all right so but uh that will all be in the future after this just a reminder we are going to be playing beyond two souls for our next episode um but now a summary of stranger things by me in november 1983 in a u.s department of energy laboratory in the town of hawkins indiana a scientist is attacked by an unseen creature The same creature later abducts 12-year-old Will Byers, who is riding his bike home alone after a D&D game with his friends Mike, Dustin, and Lucas. After Will's mother and brother, Joyce and Jonathan Byers, realize he's missing, they go to the town sheriff Jim Hopper for help finding Will. Once everyone realizes that Will is indeed missing, a search begins. While looking for Will, Mike, Dustin, and Lucas stumble upon Eleven, a girl with a shaved head and psychic powers who also escaped from the Department of Energy lab. She is being pursued by the agents who work there, who aren't afraid to kill to get her back. The boys nickname her Elle, and decide to hide her, though not all of them trust her. She eventually reveals her powers, the grave danger that the agents pose, and that she can help them find Will. Meanwhile, Mike's sister Nancy drags her best friend Barb to a party at her new boyfriend Steve's house. When Nancy leaves Barb alone to be with Steve, Barb, who accidentally cut herself, is attacked and abducted by the creature. Jonathan, who was looking for Will in the woods nearby and came across the party, happened to take pictures of Barb right before she was taken. Back at the buyer's house, Joyce has been plagued by strange events. Phone calls that short out the telephone, lights and music flickering on and off, inhuman figures reaching out at her from her walls. Though Jonathan and everyone else tells her she is experiencing a breakdown over losing Will, Joyce believes that Will is actually contacting her. In her efforts to find him, she sets up a way to talk with him through the lights. After a few days, state troopers pull a body out of the quarry and claim it's Will's. But clues start piling up that show things are not as they appear. Eleven makes contact with Will through a walkie-talkie, and then through a radio at the school, 
convincing the boys that Will is still alive and in an alternate dimension that Eleven calls the Upside Down. They hear Will's conversation with Joyce, who has managed to make contact with him through a portal to the Upside Down that briefly manifests in the wall. Nancy, looking for Barb, finds her car right where they left it at Steve's house and catches a glimpse of the monster in the woods. Due to an earlier incident, she has the picture Jonathan took of Barb right before she disappeared and sees the monster in the photo behind Barb. Hopper thinks something is suspicious and interrogates one of the state troopers, who reveals there's some kind of cover-up going on. Hopper goes back to the morgue, cuts open the body, and realizes it's a stuffed dummy. He breaks into the laboratory and finds a child's room and the open portal to the Upside Down before he is caught. After that, three teams form. Hopper and Joyce team up after Hopper wakes up in his own home and realizes he is being surveilled. He goes to Joyce and tells her she was right. They begin investigating the agency running the Department of Energy Laboratory. Nancy goes to Jonathan about the picture, and they realize that she saw the same monster that Joyce described. They start trying to hunt it. Eleven and the boys start putting together the science behind everything in an effort to get to Will. The groups work independently of one another, gathering information about their respective pieces of the puzzle, until Jonathan is arrested with the monster hunting gear that he and Nancy bought, and the agency discovers Mike is harboring Eleven and goes after the kids, forcing them into hiding. Hopper rescues the kids, and everyone comes together and formulates a plan. At the school, Eleven contacts Will using a homemade sensory deprivation chamber, and tells Joyce and Hopper where to find him in the Upside Down. The kids tell them the gate is in the Department of Energy lab. Hopper and Joyce go to rescue Will, leaving the kids and teens behind. Nancy and Jonathan sneak off to try to kill the monster on their own, leaving just the kids. Joyce and Hopper are caught immediately, but make a deal with the agents, giving up Eleven's location in exchange for secrecy and a chance to rescue Will. They go into the Upside Down, but Will is not at the location that Eleven saw him at. The monster finally found him. Meanwhile, Jonathan and Nancy set up an elaborate trap in the buyer's house and manage to wound the monster after getting surprise help from Steve, who shows up to apologize to Jonathan. The wounded monster leads Joyce and Hopper to its lair and to Will's location. In the regular world, the agents converge on the kid's location. Eleven kills many of them, but she is drained. They are almost captured, but the monster appears and begins tearing through the agents. The boys try to hide, but the monster comes for them. They try to fight, but they can't hurt it. Finally, Eleven uses her powers to subdue the monster, says goodbye to Mike, and she and the monster vanish. Will is hospitalized and reunited with his mother, brother, and friends. Hopper is reluctantly picked up by agents in a black car. One month later, Nancy has gotten back together with Steve, and both of them are on good terms with Jonathan. Hopper leaves Eggo waffles and other food in a box in the woods. Will excuses himself from Christmas dinner, coughs up a slug-like creature, and briefly sees the world around him as the Upside Down. He comes back to the table and pretends that everything is normal. And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're back. Uh, a dinosaur story. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. That movie. Yep. God, let's do that. Yes. <laughs> let's do that instead I, of Elysium. I, I don't know how it works, but now I'm No, our next topic that. is just we're back. <laughs> yeah. A dinosaur. Three episodes about it, and then a topic episode about our three episodes. Uh, I actually just watched that pretty recently because why? In what context? I just felt like watching just it. for fun. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much any cartoon movie that you can think of, that if you bring it up, I'll say, "Oh, I just watched that recently." Because I have this like rotation on which I watch all animated all movies. animated movies. <laughs> we should talk about that off mic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Stranger Things. Um. So a lot of spoilery stuff to get through. Do we want to jump 
I I know we talked about the ending a lot. I don't know if we want to jump right to the ending then work our way back. That seems uh maybe maybe not for yeah. this particular topic. Doesn't seem like a good a good take. Yeah. Um I well, okay, here's something that I want to bring up so I don't forget to bring it up. I have a theory that the buyers, like Joyce, Jonathan, and Will, mm-hmm. are all supernaturally sensitive. Which, upon my third watching, like, I kind of had thought of that before, but my third watching, I've been, like, was paying attention to all of the times where they were able to hear one another, like, cross dimensions, or um, things like like Jonathan being able to hear Nancy calling for him when she's in the upside down. And you think, Oh, you know, maybe that could be coming through the the hole in the tree, but Mm. it doesn't really feel like it. It feels like he's legitimately like hearing her around him. I've got a fun story about that, that I'd like to circle back to, but I'd like to put it out there so we don't forget. Okay. Um, and just like, just the fact that Joyce is, is able to contact Will and Will is able to reach out to her, you know, between dimensions and very specific, like very strongly when, when Joyce is in, when Joyce and Hopper are in the upside down and Joyce is like, did you just hear that? And they start going back to their house. Cause like, she's heard the commotion going on there. Hopper doesn't seem to, Hopper doesn't confirm or deny. He doesn't seem to register it. And when they're going through the house, Jonathan's suddenly like, I think that's my mom. And then, like, they can hear each other talking, and Joyce, like, turns and can, like, and can hear Jonathan, and Hopper's just like, Joyce, come on. Like, he clearly can't hear this exchange. Mm-hmm. So, I I very strongly feel that the buyers are meant to be this, like, supernaturally sensitive family in a way that, I guess, is a, is a lighter but similar version to Eleven's powers. Or maybe completely different. I don't know. And, think, yeah. yeah, I think there's a lot of, like... I, I don't know. I think that's that's a very interesting thing to me. I think that that is... I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think doubly so in the fact that... And this is touching on some of my issues at the end. But uh, it the show is very clearly building towards next season. Like it, an extended storyline here. So yeah. I think that's exactly the kind of thing that they would be like laying the groundwork for. And I think that, yeah, that's... I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just one of those things that like... You feel kind of satisfied, like going back and watching and realizing that all of those moments are are sort of cleverly designed to seem like everybody's kind of aware of these moments. But when you really look at it, only certain people are really like picking up on these things and being affected by them. Um, So I like that. I, I like that a lot. And I guess the interesting thing about doing a show this time around and not a movie is that I can say I'm really excited to see what they do with that next season. Yeah. Yeah, it is one of the kind of tricky things where normally we, yeah, we don't do things where part of the watching experience is like, oh, where is this going to go? Speculating. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's usually just like, yep, that was a movie that was made 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be interesting if somebody like listens to this four years down the line and is like, well, of course the buyers are psychic. Didn't you watch the whole plot line where they like team up as dress in spandex and go like destroy the compound and rescue 11 yeah but yeah no i think that that makes a lot of sense i yeah i it it feels very much like there's something else going on there it it seems like uh it certainly seems like the monster going after will seems not arbitrary um i think there it i think for a lot of it 
it seemed like it was arbitrary, but then like at the end where it had like like the feeding tube in him and all that kind of stuff, it seemed like there was like other stuff going on there. Well, I do wonder if those are unrelated. It they might be, but I don't know. I... We we were talking about like the the demogorgon, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of fell on the idea that like at at first, like Corinne brought up, like what was it doing before, right? It's like suddenly it's breaking through to our world and it's like eating, right? Yeah, it's it's acting more or less like a shark and it's finding prey that's already wounded and it's it's grabbing it and it's but not that's, consistently. <laughs> that's how it's eating. Yeah, and I was like, well, I mean, it could just be like. Like the 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 Duffers have already alluded to the fact that there there is a larger thing at play here, and this they've already built this world bible, and this was getting everything established, and they can dive even deeper into it, um, and like you know stuff with the upside down and other monsters and all that kind of stuff, and it's like yeah, like the Demogorgon might just be the low monster on the totem pole in the upside down, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it has to you know survive on scraps or whatever and now it's able to break out into our world and like eat for real and so it does because everything else in the upside down is worse yeah than than the demogorgon and like the idea that whatever it was that that had gotten to will it was like something some other bad thing Mm. that was separate from the demogorgon could be i mean it certainly seemed different from what the demogorgon was up to i believe that yeah i had like a working theory towards the end that like the Demogorgons maybe, like, used to be people, but then there was still just one of them because there was, like, a weird egg, almost, that it looks like that Hopper finds. Mm, and there's that, that bit, right. And there's that bit where, like, when Eleven finds the Demogorgon that one time and it's, like, making out with what looks like an egg again. I don't know. It, but, it, again, it gets towards the end where it seems like it starts adding a lot of stuff that is explicitly goes unfulfilled. Um, but, but, yeah, no, I think that, the buyers, though, as a, like, psychically sensitive family, um, I think, is one of the better ways that the show, I think, kind of sets up that this potential for later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, you Did you have something you wanted to say? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, about specifically about that scene um, when uh, Jonathan and Nancy are in the... Um, or like out in the forest, right? Like this is the beginning of episode six, I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. Might have been five. I don't remember exactly the day. Uh, so something was was going wrong with the device that uh, I was I was using to watch the show, and it was the the thing that was going wrong was that the vocal track was missing on just through Netflix. Other things worked fine, but just on Netflix, no vocal track. We tried with like an episode of like Bob's Burgers and all that stuff. Same problem. Right. It was it was a cross. It was a cross Netflix problem. We did not realize that this was something going wrong until like two scenes later when Joyce and Hopper are like talking over a table. And we genuinely just thought that they were like, this was a really cool scene where you've got Jonathan and Nancy because their their voices are picked up slightly in the background track. So it sounds like you're just hearing like a little echo, like you're hearing through worlds kind of a thing, but you get no main audio. And then we thought that it was neat that like the, the lack of speech was then continuing into the episode with Steve and Tommy and Carol in the car where you just hear the music really loud. And it's like, oh no, we just like, they're continuing this like hard to hear thing into this bit. And we're like going to like come back into reality. And now we're just getting the music and we were joking with each other, like, oh, this is going to be so funny when like, we go in to like, record the podcast, and I can be like, man, it was so cool that they did that whole episode without like 
vocals and we're going to find out that something's wrong with our TV. And we laughed and we laughed and had, you know, many good times. And then it turned out that, yeah, we got to a point where it's like, no, clearly there's supposed to be voices here. And it was in fact a problem with the TV, but still. So I got to say that scene in general, for real, if you ever hit the point where your Netflix is not like playing voices correctly, go back and watch like the intro to episode six. Cause it was really neat. All right. That's a very specific thing, but like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I can't really like, you know, doesn't speak to the show, but it was a weird experience. How did Chelsea like it? I, f- I feel weird because like she's here and I could ask her, but also like. She liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. I, I think that we agreed that the ending was shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah. So yeah, that was my, that's my story about that scene is that it's actually really cool without the, uh, the main vocal track. <laughs> Neat. If I ever get a chance, I will check that out. Just wait until your Netflix breaks. Yeah. <laughs> so I have an ending question. Okay. Do you think the ending would have been less shaky if it wrapped up before it cut to Hopper at the Christmas party? Yes and no. Um Honestly, the bigger thing that I wanted out of the ending, um, and this I, I think this is the case starting with episode six, is I wanted more things that were that had some kind of meaningful lead in or build up or set up earlier in the show. Um, I think on the very small scale, I think a really good example of this is there's a scene in episode six where. Nancy and Jonathan are in the police station and they're going and like Jonathan's being like questioned in the other room and Nancy's talking to, I, I don't remember her name, but um, like the, the one who like is like out at the front and kind of is like keeping everyone in line and telling Hopper not to smoke. Is it Gladys? Uh, Gladys, Gladys feels right. right. Okay. Um, Cause that's what I was going to say too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but so, so Gladys says to Nancy is she's like, she's like, Oh, something about your boy. It's like, Oh, like you can leave soon, but your boyfriend's going to be here a while. And Nancy's like, Oh, he's not my boyfriend. And she's just like, oh, well, you should tell him that because, you know, boys only do things like that crazy when they're in love, like, and that stupid. But this, it, and it was one of those moments where I just immediately was taken aback because the stupid thing to which Gladys is referring is getting into a fight with Steve that happened mere seconds ago for us, the viewers, except for the fact that Jonathan didn't get into a fight with Steve over Nancy. Jonathan got into a fight with Steve over his mom and Will. When Steve was making fun of Nancy and being terrible, Jonathan was, I think, doing the, like, the mature thing. It was like, he's stupid, don't, like, like yes, he's being a shit, but don't sink to his level, let's go. And then Steve started going after Jonathan's family, and that's when he got into the fight. And it was just like a little jolt where I was like, well, that that doesn't really make sense. Like, that's not what happened there. But then it, like, kept happening. Like, the bullies are in the woods, and just, like, happened to run into, like, Mike and Dustin when, and they've got a knife for some reason. And they go, and then they run after them with this switchblade open for, like, an extended period. And it's, like, little goofy things like this where I was like, no, like, I get what each of these scenes is trying to do. But so much of the other stuff in the show, they did such a good job of, like, laying the groundwork for and building to over time and setting this stuff up. And now it feels like we're losing that and we're getting a lot of things where we just jump to... And here's where the drama is. And my issue with like the actual very end of the show is stuff like um, 
in the very last episode, we start seeing a lot of stuff about Hopper's daughter, who has been in the show, even like described, almost not at all. It has been established that he had a daughter and doesn't anymore. But now, suddenly out of nowhere, we start seeing all of this imagery that reminds him of like her struggle with cancer and her dying and all of this stuff, like all almost only in the last episode. And that's context that we have, that we now have at the end that kind of colors, I guess, how he might think of Eleven, a, a girl in a hospital gown with like shaved hair that we didn't have. Or it felt like it felt like they it felt like there were building moments that were missing. Similar thing for the stuff that I felt like was there to set up next season where like Will coughs up like the weird little bit of tentacle. That I guess we kind of saw like coming out of Barb's mouth. That earlier. was a slug, my dude. A slug? That was a living creature. Yeah, but it also I have a point to the the Hopper thing when you're done. Yeah, uh, but so it was really stuff like that where it just started feeling like at the end the shift focused from providing these like slow burn buildups for things to just kind of like jumping to a few things in a way that felt a lot less careful and constructed than I was really enjoying in the rest of the show. It felt like there were so many other things where it's like, oh, every little thing is accounted for here. We're getting all of these moments to build up these things uh, that just started kind of slipping at the end. And it felt like they were slipping in favor of these dramatic setup for next time moments. Uh, I'm willing to agree on probably just about all of them with you, except for the Hopper thing, because mm. I specifically like that they saved a lot of Hopper's flashbacks for the very last episode mm. we had in my opinion we had plenty of establishing information to know that hopper had lost his daughter and like i'd agree with that uh like we know that happens and we know that his, she's we, we know that she's dead not just that yeah that she you know that yeah his, not he, strange. that his, yeah. like yeah that his wife and him are divorced and she took custody or anything like that like yeah, yeah. we know his daughter is dead we don't we didn't really get the details how but we know it was it wasn't good mm-hmm. um and then i mean it never is but like you know it yeah. was obviously an extremely painful thing yeah. and specifically his those flashbacks were not meant to signify they weren't meant to parallel 11 at all. He he threw 11 under the goddamn bus in a heartbeat because he was there to save Will. That whole thing was was meant to that was like that was like Hopper's sort of redemption arc right there that he his character had been building towards and it was only at the very end that he like his goal was in sight that we got those flashbacks so that we could see the ways in which he was unable to save his daughter like contrasted against these moments where he is able to save will the thing i i agree with you on much of that but the thing that becomes frustrating for me is if we have the context of how his daughter died and the way that 11 might potentially uh call up some memories for him i feel like that makes his betrayal of 11 more powerful i don't think that had anything to do with 11 though that's the thing i think it was all about will not 11 right that's like it's i guess his betrayal of of 11 could have been more like compromising and more powerful if he felt paternal or protective of 11 because of having that backstory but they never like they very purposely do not characterize him as such right he doesn't I have a hard time believing that as a character, I guess is my response. I have a hard time believing that Hopper has become this invested in Will 
and then sees a girl who looks an awful lot like a grown-up version of his daughter in a world where maybe she doesn't die of the cancer, you know, it, and not feeling anything at all, you know? Sure. I think he probably doesn't feel good about, about throwing Eleven under the bus, which he clearly does. Like, we know that happens. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that Hopper's the kind of character who's definitely, who's definitively like a, you know, I will, you know, protect my family, my people, like my group. And in his mind, Will is his family, mm-hmm. his group, and Eleven is not. And I, I think that speaks, I, I think that's where his character's coming from. Except then at the end, he's sneaking her food. Sure. I mean, I think, I think that's build up for that. I mean, I, that, that can, that can be explained away in negative connotation of that phrase aside by guilt i i'm not saying it can't be explained away i'm saying that this felt like one of those moments where the show is just throwing these things together because they are interesting and dramatic and bringing up even just like the imagery right like the imagery of a feeding breathing tube the imagery of the little tiger who did not and again that tiger doll that was in Eleven's room that is the exact same tiger doll that his daughter had like i don't know it 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 feels like a stretch to me to say that like I, I'm on board with the this is my group, this is the in group, but I don't really understand how seeing eleven doesn't create some conflict. Like because for me, that saying of this is my in group becomes way more interesting when you've got someone who appears who is not in the in group, but feels like she could be. Mm-hmm. And then he throws her under the bus because she's just not. Like I, I don't disagree. Like I, I'm on board with the characterization. It just felt like there was a lot of stuff in there going on at the end that seemed very explicitly to tie to at least visually mirror um, the things that were going on. Again, the the little doll, again, the, the feeding breathing tube, the just this medical imagery that just comes up out of nowhere to like recall these memories. I don't know. It, it felt rushed, I guess was the bigger thing. It seemed like it was just throwing it in there. I don't know. I because I agree that you. I'm I'm on board with everything that you're saying. I just think the executions. This is where it felt rocky for a show that executed so many things so well in the front five episodes. I don't. Know. It might just be an agree to disagree kind of thing. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I like I said. I I actually I, I liked those sequences. Oh yeah. And for gonna you know I guess it's one of those like we'll see what happens next next season kind of things oh for sure um because we don't have a lot of the payoff for all of this yet yeah so that that was my bigger thing is it felt i i'm someone who doesn't always get super on board with um what i felt was sacrificing the now for the setup for the future Mm -hmm. um i think that's in part just because of how i like to consume things and like the things i like to consume but that's that was more and again it's i'm totally willing to say that this was something that was very just personal to me but yeah um I'm trying, there were a couple other like kind of goofy things like this where it started to feel like stuff was it not as put together as it was before um the whole idea that the monster is drawn to people who are bleeding um and yet like 11 bleeds all over the place throughout the rest of that show and he does not show up steve is running around alone in the forest covered in blood and the monster does not go for him in the forest like the obvious prey it it seemed like there was a lot of and yet barbara gets one nick and it drips in the pool 
bam, it's there. Like, and I would love it. I would genuinely love it if next season they find out that they were wrong about the way the Demogorgon operates, that he's drawn to people who are sensitive in some way or different for other reasons. It, I would be totally on board for that. But as it stands right now, I just, I don't know where I'm at with like my faith in the series to say like, yeah, they're going to go and like retcon, not even retcon, but just like, yeah, the characters are just wrong and characters can be wrong. I think that's really it cool. is. all it is is like, oh, maybe it's like a shark. This, this makes sense. Right. But yeah. it could just be wrong. And it was, I would be totally on board with them just being wrong. Um, but it felt like they were starting to build up some other just like narrative inconsistencies where if everything else was consistent and this was the one thing that was not, I would have a way easier time being like, oh, no, Nancy and Jonathan are wrong. But they happen to be okay because Jonathan is sensitive, which makes the Demogorgon drawn to him. So they cut themselves, but he's really there for Jonathan. Like, that would be really a really interesting turn to take in the next season. I think that would be great. I think there might be also uh, a bit of an overlap in when the monster can appear because I... I was, we were throwing this idea around a little bit when we were watching, Justin and I were, and it was like, it seems like the gates between the Upside Down and this universe only really open at night. And I threw that away because I was like, well, the monster has appeared in the daylight before, but the monster only seems to take prey at night. Mm -hmm. So it could, it could be like, it could be something that we've seen very carefully like constructed, but like not necessarily obvious where, yeah, like, yeah, Eleven's bleeding all over the place, but only in the daytime like she's not bleeding at all over the place at night i i'm willing to go with that one she there are enough sequences where she bleeds at night where i'm a little bit on the fence but i could totally see it though as if you say well it's a predator and it knows that 11 will fuck it up yeah so it's not going to hunt her there's no re i but for me it you totally lose steve spends that entire day covered in blood and into the night and is alone in the woods as like it all of which is fine i don't have a problem with like narrative inconsistencies like things happen, I don't care that much I mean, about plot part holes. Part of it for me might just be that, like, it's not gonna always be hunting. It it could be, but it goes for it does though go for Jonathan and Nancy when it totally could have just eaten Steve a minute ago. It all of which is fine. Like this doesn't like ruin the series, but it is the kind of thing where just towards the end it felt like it got shaky to enable dramatic moments. Yeah, and it felt like the time that might have been spent informing those dramatic moments was instead spent building up cliffhangers for next season okay was was my frustration let's talk about joyce byers maybe yeah let's do it joyce is great i freaking love joyce winona Ryder does such a good job yeah i agree especially as like the only like really like known person in this series am i am i wrong about that other people have been in other things. Uh, she is the most recognizable yeah. face and the only one who I would argue is, has achieved any real kind of fame. Like star status. Yeah, before She's definitely this. the big name of, yeah. of the series. And by a lot. Like, it's not even just, like, starring someone ridiculously famous and then also a lot of acclaimed character actors. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's great. Margaret... Thatcher. No, uh, esteemed character actress. Oh, oh Margaret uh, Martindale. Yeah, yeah Margaret Martindale. <laughs> Sorry, Bojack Horseman yeah. thing. Uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, I think like in a number of years, maybe not too many, we're going to see more of Millie Bobby Brown, who is 11 in case anybody doesn't know that. Yeah, um, I think once Stranger Things has has run 
maybe by the the time the second season has been filmed, we'll uh, we'll start seeing more of her and other things. I think we're going to start seeing more of a lot of these people. Yeah. I I I wonder if we'll see more of the other kids, but I do think we're likely to see more of Natalie Dyer. Mm-hmm. Nancy. Nancy. Yes. Yeah. And uh, maybe more of the the two the two guys. We're definitely I mean, Hopper. The guy who plays Hopper has already been in more things to the point where the he had like a minor role in a movie that came out not long after Stranger Things did. Mm-hmm. And the final trailer, they recut it to make it look like he was in more of the movie. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> they like put <laughs> scenes with him in the trailer to like yeah. draw people. Yeah. He's um, just like nameless shopkeeper. And it's just like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just cut to that four times to make it look like that. Exactly. Happened. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, like I, I, yeah. I, I bet we'll see more of the, the actor who plays Jonathan, the actor who plays Steve. We'll see more of Hop, um, more of Natalie Dyer, more Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, it's I, harder to say with the other kids just because it's hard to say with like really young actors. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Dustin's got a pretty good musical career. Uh, By that I mean like he's been in musicals. He was on in a production of Les Mis. Boy uh, can sing. I've got a story about that for you later. Okay. Anyway, uh, Joyce Byers, everyone. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm willing to say Joyce Byers is probably my favorite character in the show. Um, maybe maybe not by a lot, but like definitively, like more than anyone else. Um, I really, I really like how she's just right about everything. <laughs> like like she gets like the everybody else spends so much time being like. Like, you you're know, crazy. Joyce, you're you're under a lot of stress right now. You're the walls definitely aren't like coming out at you. Maybe you should stop hanging like fifty dollars well, like a hundred, two hundred dollars worth of Christmas lights around your entire house. Like maybe your son isn't speaking to you through the lights. Like and but no, she's just right. She's just right about everything. Um But I think I think Winona Ryder does a wonderful job of playing that sort of like breakdown into almost insanity, but then right before she like completely loses it, you know, Hopper comes to her and is like, yo, yeah, you were right. Yeah. And she's like justified or vindicated, I guess is the right word. Yeah. I just think the show is it, it really illustrates just how frustrating secrets can be. Yeah. Right. Because the thing is, and it's, I've been keeping the secret that I've been working secretly for the government, try, doing all these experiments on people for years and years and years. And you are right. It takes a toll. <laughs> Just uh, from from a viewer standpoint, though, I mean, right. Um, the like Jonathan realizes that maybe his mom is not totally crazy and that this monster is real and they should try to find it. But instead of going to her and being like, you're not crazy. I believe you. It's real. I'm like, I'm going to try and kill it because he thinks she'll try to stop him or she'll try to do it herself or that. He's like, no, for, for her own good, I'm going to do this myself. And it's like, your mom is descending into insanity right now. And you realize that she's not insane, but instead of voicing that, you're just going to run off and get yourself killed. Yeah. While I, I appreciate the, I guess the groups that ended up forming from the characters, which was, uh, the kids had the science. Um, the the high schoolers had the monster hunting, and yeah. the adults had like the government organization. 
Can I just can we talk very just for a second about how great the kid's science teacher is? Oh, yeah. Mr. Clark is the greatest. That guy is the bomb. Justin and I theor it's it's our it's our headcanon, I guess, that we've been bouncing around that after he like got off the like after the kids interrupted his hot date and like he explained um sensory depri- how to make a sensory <laughs> deprivation chamber to them that he got super laid because the girl he was with was like obviously into like like both into science and into like how much he cared about these kids yeah <laughs> why are you keeping this knowledge door locked <laughs> <laughs> oh that was such a good moment it was a great. beautiful scene but yeah no I, I i don't want to derail this entirely but oh my god and see I will say, though, I think he's another great example of someone who they could totally, in season two, be like, yeah, no, he used to, like, work for the lab. Or he used to, like, he secretly does something else. And I would totally buy it because he knows all about how to build a sensory deprivation day. And he was casually like, well, you know, I suppose, theoretically, it, we, you would do this kind of stuff to make a gate. And you would need this much energy and you would do this, blah, 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 blah. But This is when we find out he's, like, actually, a, like, a straight-up D&D, like, sorcerer. And just, like, yeah. just deals in extra-dimensional planes and always has. My favorite is when there's, like like the veil of shadows do you know the veil of shadows oh yeah and it just like gives the description right out of the manual yeah <laughs> sorry handbook it, it's fine it'd be the dm's handbook that'd be right not important no very important corinne you know this well here's the thing i've read OD and and i've read 3 3.5 and fifth edition but i have not done a lot of work with second edition so i don't gotcha. know veil of shadows will also probably be in like a what are they like campaign guidebooks or or yeah probably like there, there's a word for these like can't like modules s- yes yeah. like whatever well, module maybe not maybe in. a module like ca- created campaigns yeah module is it a module yeah so uh, veil Sanders is probably a module yeah i guess it's more i usually think i i just remember from when i had my my set of D D books um god i loved reading those um yeah it was like but the, the manual was the monster's manual Right, like yeah, it, that's the, the, the shorthand monster manual, and everything else has another kind of right, name. and that manual would be explicitly the wrong word to use because it's unlikely that the Veil of Shadows is in the monster manual. It's, uh, Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, and Dungeon Master's Guide, guide. is God, the yes. is the like Dungeon trifecta. Master's guide. But yeah. I feel like it's more of a modern, modern. Yeah, I believe treatment that. of it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I got mine in the late nineties, early two thousands. So certainly not the same ones they were using. Yeah. Anyway, all that aside. <laughs> Yeah, but yes, so science teacher's great. Point being, the, the three groups that formed. Yes, the three groups that formed. Uh, talking about the science a little more, I love that the kids have the science. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that that was their role in all of this, was to to bring the science to the table. Um, and I'll agree that the, the whole, like, you know, hiding information from each other kind of thing was really frustrating, especially because you could see these three groups forming and you could see all of them working on different pieces of the problem and you just wanted them to compare notes. But that, I think that made it like really, really satisfying when they finally did all come together and share all of their information. And then like pretty much immediately, like have a plan with Mm -hmm. what to like and how to move forward. I agree. Which was, was satisfying. It, we spent a, I think we spent a great amount of time in the phase where they're all separate and you know that they're going to come together. Like it, it felt so well paced. And then we didn't spend a lot of time ragging on the bullshit of like, okay, now we're here. What are we? It's like, no, 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 I don't care about this. We got here. I'm ready to do the thing now. Yeah. Like I've, I've, you've already built my excitement over the last few episodes of watching each of these groups coalesce. I, it, I think it was exactly that. Yeah. It's very smart. They, they came together, they compared notes, they did that, that felt good. And then the show progressed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there wasn't any like, well, how do you know all of this? You're just kids. They were they were yeah. like, yeah, and this is like these are electromagnetic disturbances, and these are evidence of this, and all the adult <laughs> and everyone else is just kind of nodding uh-huh, along, just one hundred percent face value, accepting that these kids know their shit. <laughs> because at this point, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like this is it, the fact that a kid knows more about compasses than you is not the weirdest shit that's happened today. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, no, I agree. I thought that was like it. As much as I am a fan of the Council of Elrond, like art in the stories, <laughs> uh-huh. there are some stories where it is appropriate and some where it is not. And I think that they totally understood that this was one where that was not what like anyone really wanted out of that. Yeah, this is a time for everybody to be an expert in their own thing that they've been working on yeah, and, and for everybody together. to just kind of like accept that. Yeah, and just be good at their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It also, I, another thing that I realized when we were watching again, uh, it took me until this, this time through to realize that, um, Nancy and Jonathan going after the, the creature after like, and like booby trapping the house and all that sort of stuff is what allowed Joyce and Hopper to find Will. Like it took me until this watch to realize that if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't, the monster wouldn't have gone back to its lair and Mm. Joyce and Hopper wouldn't have been able to track. They would have just been wandering around blindly looking for Will. Also, fun fact, shot for shot remake of Home Alone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Bear trap and gasoline? <laughs> Remember that yeah. point where uh, where the the guy in Home Alone gets trapped in a bear trap and dies horribly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I really liked, I, I agree with that. I really liked the way that like the three parts came together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like mix of like everyone together like starts the whole thing uh jonathan and nancy go off set up their like kevin McAllister kill house and <laughs> and then like steve shows up like it 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 was this for me was the stuff that i really did like this was when like the whole season's worth of setup was paying off yeah because as soon as steve showed up i was like fuck he's gonna end up in that bear trap Oh. <laughs> that's all I could think. It was like, he's going to end up in the bear trap. And then when he didn't, it was like, oh, okay. So they're going to send him out. No. And then the monster's going to get him. Like it, all of these things felt like they were coming together in that really good, satisfying way where I felt genuinely tense about all of that. Yeah. It was like none of these characters were wasted. Everyone is coming into play for like this last climactic part. Like it, that's where it felt like, yes, this is six episodes, seven episodes of setup. Like, coming together in a really satisfying way yeah yeah and just like and then because the monster's hurt that probably makes it easier for everyone else to like hunt it and like hurt it a little bit more at every phase Mm -hmm. and then for 11 to just like obliterate it it up from the inside (laughs) a lot of disintegration happening yeah we got a lot of that going on she turns it into iron man very briefly where it's got like the dark reactor in its chest (laughs) But man, Eleven is kind of terrifying, though. Like she's she's super powerful and and does a lot of like admittedly kind of scary shit mm. at different points, but none of it is really terrifying until she just literally like squishes the brains of all the people in the in the school. Yeah, at that point. she just she just mushes like 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 fifteen to people. twenty. Okay, it's yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> Listen, I wanted it to be cooler. <laughs> An entire army of people just get their brains mushed. But, but and yeah. you, you know, like that that blonde lady, yeah, who worked for who is super scary and menacing. Yeah, she's really scary. I thought like I she she doesn't get a ton of screen time. She doesn't get a lot of dialogue time. But when she is she when she's there, she is 
menacing and and scary and like which i think is all the right choice by the way yeah Yeah, like it she is she is the epitome of the like man in black government agent like spook yeah shows up she is four different people across this series right every time she shows up she's smiley she's happy someone dies some you open a door and she is behind it and we the viewers are like fuck (laughs) no because she only shows up when shit's going down Anyone else terrified when she shows up at uh, Mr. Clark's house? Yes, my yeah. favorite character. Yeah. yeah, I was so I was I was worried and tense that entire time. Yeah, yeah. I I just I really I really like her character, and I like that you know at that hallway scene, Eleven just mushes her brain, yep. and then she's gone, and that's it. Yeah, she's just done. Yeah, yep. I I completely agree. But I like that also she was the catalyst for the brain mushing. Yeah. Like, she comes in and she pulls that gun and Eleven has, like, that, like, mm-hmm. that just, what's what I'm looking for? That instinct, I guess, yeah. that, like, burned in an image of when she killed uh, the the nice um, diner guy. Yeah. And Eleven's just like, nope, you're dead now. Yeah. <laughs> Along with everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think another really good example of just, like, this show does such a good, careful build for that character to make that moment, right? Yeah. It's such a wonderful coalescence of all these other little things. And, like, the cutback to, like, Eleven, like, Eleven during her escape, right? Those little subtle, like, jerks her head to the side and, like, snaps the guy's arm. Where you have that brief moment of, like, the kind of finesse that she can achieve. Yeah. And then, like, to see that magnified, I, I thought that, yeah, that was really well done. I think finesse is a good word. Eleven does have a lot of, like, fine control over her abilities. Yeah. As evidenced by the fact that she was able to hold a guy, hold a child completely still and also squeeze his bladder to make him pee. Yeah. That was a great moment. And also... I mean, that she could break his arm without obliterating him entirely. Yeah. I I don't know a lot about controlling psychic powers, but that seems challenging. (laughs) She's also been doing this, like, her whole life. Yeah. So that's probably part of it. Yeah, fair. Yeah. But still, no, like, it's, I think you're right, though. It's really, it's really well done with that. I liked, uh, I liked when they went and we were talking about this a bit and we were talking about this a bit, but now let's all three of us talk about it together. I think Justin and I should talk about it, just the two of us first. Okay, I will, I'll set it then. Um... The scene where they go and talk to Eleven's mother and the sister describes it as a Stephen King book. Go. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. All right. Now let's all talk about this together. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I love that because I feel like so often the conceit in something like this is that Stephen King must not exist. It's the whole, the whole it's, it's the, it's the what's a zombie in a zombie movie exactly. kind of thing yeah. where it's yeah. like, God, no, we, at this point as a culture, we know what zombies are. Can yeah. you just like. Yeah. Can you just say the word? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's not like it's impossible. This idea that if a if a zombie apocalypse ever happens, it can only happen in a universe in which zombie apocalypse fiction does not exist is just increasingly frustrating. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah. No, I thought it did a really good job. I loved that line, which was great because I felt like I really didn't love that scene over that sequence overall. Mm-hmm. The part where they go and it's like, oh. Like, oh, she's got a daughter. How old would she be? It's like, oh, she'd be like this age, cut to 11, being that age. Oh, and she had like <laughs> gifts, cut to 11, doing stuff. And it's just like so, and it was like, no, like we already understood. Like we understood when we got here that 11 was this kid. Like you, they didn't even need to go visit the person. We would understand that that was the case. Right. So I was like, I, I'm so glad that there was that one, that one little line that does such a good job of like explaining that 
and again, I I get why the scene is important because Joyce and Hopper don't know about Eleven yet at that point. Like they they know that there is something with this kid, and that's how they put it together. So I'm on board with that. But when they go and like remind us <laughs> that this is Eleven we're talking about, yeah, it's very like tell don't show. Like I understand what they're doing, right? It's like Hopper's thought process almost a little bit. Except he didn't but, like see they're all using those imagery things. that he hasn't seen. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's the kind of stuff where I'm just like, no, like I. Yeah, but so I, I really liked that they, they had that other one. Like, it's like, okay, at least out of the sequence, we get one of my favorite lines in the show. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, a lot of that backstory of Eleven's mom just is Firestarter. Oh, just yeah. is Firestarter. Totes. Just government experiment when they were testing, like, you know, when they were doing a lot of tests with drugs and they gave it to, what was her name, Terry, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yes, I think so. And... You know, she she didn't realize she was pregnant at the time. And then when she had a and then, you know, she, quote unquote, miscarried. But she claims that the everyone's lying and she actually did have a daughter. It's just just the whole setup of like drug experiments. They make superpowers, I guess. Yep. Yeah, I that was we we mentioned this very briefly in the fire service. But it's one of those where it's like, haven't I like, hasn't this scene already? Oh, no, that was Firestarter. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, I I completely agree. I and I liked very much that I, that also felt like the right time yeah. to have that nod. Yeah. Though one thing that I wanted to talk about just about uh, this in general compared to Firestarter, um, not too much specifically compared to Firestarter. We'll do that in the topic. But one thing that I thought was really interesting was that this one it really feels like kind of goes for broke. It it's the the kid with psychic powers. It's the government agency. It's the LSD tests. All that stuff. Also, it's the monster. Also, it's the small. It's it feels like it's pulling from um, like also it's a monster. Also, it's the group of like plucky nerds who walk down a railroad track because, of course, they have to in one of the episodes. Um, it's it feels like it's pulling. It's grabbing it's from like six different Stevie Kubrick's. everything. Yeah. yeah, it's there is no like this is just one of the things. It's all of them. Um, I feel like there, there's a couple moments where it feels a little bit overstuffed, but. A couple moments in an eight-hour thing, I'd say, is pretty good for something that manages to keep all those balls in the air at once. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what you all thought, but I was I came away like very impressed. Where I was like, wow, like it, again, a couple moments where I was just like, woof, too much going on. Yeah. Um, but overall, I thought I did a really good job. Yeah, I yes, I absolutely agree. I I think that I think Stranger Things bends so many like similar but not equal genres into one thing and it does it very successfully and it tells a surprisingly coherent story yeah i feel like even the the like overstuffed the moments of overstuffed like ness of it uh was also like mildly similar to firestarter because to me when it felt the most overstuffed was when it was like jumping from from place to place quickly mm. and cover it like covering you know chunks of ground at different like parts of the storyline in quick succession mm-hmm. and toward the end of of firestarter because like each chapter is gigantic and it's broken down into parts yeah and like you would get these times when it would be like a part would be like four paragraphs and the next part would be like three paragraphs of a different thing going on and the next part would be like five more paragraphs of a totally other third thing going on. Yeah, that are all happening together and it's important at the end. Right. But yeah. And so it was like very much the same the same thing for me where it was like it felt overstuffed in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. 
Oh, so I'll say this. Um, who is everyone's favorite kid? We'll, we'll pretend we're parents and have to choose. <laughs> oh, shit. Do you mean excluding? Uh, let, let's say the core four. Core four. Okay. Let's say let's say let's say the boys. Just the boys. Okay. Well, so the core four meaning I guess including Will or the core four meaning eleven <laughs> yeah. and the three kids. My my instinct is to include Will because the first time I thought this was when they were playing D and D. But then, yeah, we immediately lose one of them. This is the thing, like, I, we were talking about this last night, like, season two is going to be actually really seeing what Will's like as a character, because we get, like, three flashbacks the entire series. What if he's just awful? What if he's terrible? What if he's just the like, worst? We've, we've sort of seen this, like, sweet, caring kid, but, like, like that's a very small slice. He could be, like, insufferable. Well, and in the same way that you always remember the best of someone right after they die. Yeah. <laughs> this is everyone, like, remembering their best moments with him and forgetting the fact that he, like is secretly just a terrible little shit. Yeah. How funny would that be? That would be hilarious. Uh. That, like, Will Byers is actually this, like, arrogant little asshole. Just the worst. Who's, like, smart and knows it and hangs out with three other people who, like, you know, quote-unquote keep up with him, but is otherwise just insufferable to everyone else. That would be funny. Can you imagine? That's probably not going to happen, but can you I hope not. Yeah. (laughs) It would be hilarious, but I hope not. Yeah. A little too far just for a joke, in my opinion. I agree. Um... But yeah, so if we're talking Eleven and and Mike, Dustin, and Lucas, I, I, yeah, it's Dustin for me. I'm gonna say this: it's not Mike. <laughs> I feel bad, but it's it's not Mike. Mike is kind of annoying. Yeah, I, I feel like Mike is very much there to like drive the story forward. He yeah. feels like less like it feels like he gets to be less of like a fun, interesting character and more just like no, we need someone who's like on his shit and plowing forward and making sure stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I my instinct is to say Dustin, but. God, Lucas just has so many great moments of like, really yes, does. of course, this is a perfectly reasonable thing to be thinking in yeah. this situation. Like, yeah. what is wrong with everyone? I like Lucas a lot at the very beginning and a lot at the end. And then in the middle, he can be frustrating just because he's... It, cause he's it, contrarian, but yeah. in a reasonable way. Yeah. yeah. Because we, the viewer, know that Eleven is good. Yeah. Because it's a TV show. But, like, it makes sense, but it's frustrating that he's not getting on board. But... I remember, like, after that, like, first D&D session, I turned to Chelsea and I was like, I like him. <laughs> <laughs> so Dustin and Lucas are the best kids. Yeah, I think Because I seems... think Eleven is a class on her own. We haven't seen enough of Will, and it's definitely not Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what it comes sorry, down Mike, to, Sorry, yeah. Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, which remembers what I was trying to get to, um, which we had talked about a little bit before, which is uh, Nancy's choice of the best kid is a weird one, because she picks Steve. Because they're dating at the end. You said oh, was, yeah, yeah. Because we were talking about how weird it was when, uh, so, I mean, like, I, the ending of her story. I talked about this with some people before I had totally finished the show, mm-hmm. and there was this clear divide in the group that I was with, which was about five or six people. It was right around when the show had hit. Um, and there were people who were like, Steve is a scumbag and awful, and I can't believe Nancy ends up, you know, with him and... He like I, it's just all it's weird and awful. And the other side being like he redeems himself. He's really not that bad. Like it, it makes a lot of sense to me. And and Jonathan's kind of a total creep. And they're both right in my mind. Like Steve, Steve has demonstrated throughout even the beginning of the show as being like this this pretty decent guy who does honestly seem pull like lessened by the people he chooses to be friends with and he does awful like things in the show um but 
is more genuinely remorseful about the bad things that he does than and any makes, any character like him usually is in things like this. And takes steps to like make up for it, I think is the important thing. Yeah. Um and Jonathan is also a legitimately good person who's also kind of creepy and also doesn't really like people. Um and I guess I don't know, looking at it all, like it makes sense to me that, that Nancy would end up with Steve over Jonathan for like a number of reasons. Chief among which is I don't think Nancy was necessarily lying when she said it's not like that with me and Jonathan. I think I think they play up the love triangle thing. Yeah, to to but... probably an unfortunate degree. I think honestly the most satisfying thing about Nancy for me was when she, you know, nutted up, for lack of a better term, you know, practiced shooting a gun and went out to fucking kill a monster to avenge her dead friend. Like, that to me is, like, prime Nancy right there. Like, who she ends up with at the end, like, Steve, Jonathan, I don't really care. Uh, go ahead. I, like, I thought I, you were wrapping up more than No, <laughs> I don't really care, and I, but I respect her choice, because, it, again, it's her choice. Sure. Um... I think there are reasons why either would be a, you know, quote unquote, good pick at the end. But ultimately, like, I'm just happy that she was so badass. See, and now I agree with everything that you just said. But the big thing for me is that um, Steve, even post-redemption, feels to me like someone who is less into that Nancy. Whereas Jonathan was clearly very into, nutted up, shot a gun hunted a monster wanted to get shit done and save people and like where he was it seemed like he was really into and like feeding off of that person whereas i think steve was really into the person who she was before that who to me was you know fine like there's nothing wrong with being any given way but it seemed like nancy really was coming into her element and that the one who seemed genuinely into her in her element was jonathan to be fair she hid a lot of that from steve and then steve was very confused for the like 30 seconds that he saw that without a monster being around and then god that whole sequence was great (laughs) and then put the gun down (laughs) (laughs) and then after yeah after nancy was done threatening him with a gun like he came in and like helped to save the day and was just kind of like the the camera cuts away maybe like Maybe after that whole monster hunting sequence, when the story moves to resolve, like, what happens with Will and, and Mike and the uh, and Eleven and the kids, maybe, like, Steve and Nancy have a talk and then, like, make out up against the wall. Like, oh, my God, that was so hot how you hit that monster with a bat. Oh, my God, that was so hot how you almost shot me in the face. Like, maybe that happened and we don't know. Maybe, but it's... I, that's part of it for me is that I, I'm behind you that with the characterization we have of Steve, um, that we don't have a reason to believe that he would be into like badass Nancy that she was really becoming. And that seemed natural versus like bookish reserved Nancy that she was before. We don't have any reason to believe that Steve prefers a over B. Um, but we also don't get enough to know in like what his reaction ultimately is to that Nancy. No, but if it's not on, if it's not on the screen, then we can't. That's true. I think that's the thing. Like it, it's not on screen, so no, we don't know. But we do know that he was pretty into quiet, meek Nancy, who would like come with him to his 
like party and hang out at the game here's also the thing i feel like steve is one of the characters in the show who most demonstrably like makes efforts to like change like revise his opinions of things and change so maybe we'll see something different in the next season right ultimately we can't judge that right now so like your your conclusion makes the most sense right that 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 is how steve would probably feel the the big thing for me is more that I'm totally on board with. He does have a really, I think, good and interesting redemptive arc. I don't buy that within a month. Like, it honestly, my preference there would have been to see Nancy is not dating anyone right now. That's very like, true. I mean, I it am, probably would have been best, but was also just never going to happen. I am all about a woman dating her own badassery. Like That's my preferred ship. Because I can totally get on board with, yep, you know, that thing with Jonathan that's not really there. Like, it, that really was one-sided. But that thing with Steve is over. But I, I don't see a world in which that badass Nancy, who really, it didn't even seem to be just, like, turned into this other person because she needed to be that for a week. It seemed like she was in her element doing that. Like, that there, she was finding a, and she's going to find a middle ground between those two people because you, it's hard to be just a monster hunter. Right, that's part of what I'm saying. It doesn't is make that, much Part money. of what I'm thinking, yeah. right, is that it's very easy for her to sort of revert back to being the old Nancy because she now has nothing close to an opportunity to be anything else. Sure, and I think that's all it's all totally possible. But the bigger thing for me is I I have a harder time reconciling that Nancy with a month of Steve getting better versus her saying, "Look, you know, you can work on this, but you're going to have to keep working and for right now, I'm just going to date myself for a bit." I think I think ultimately it's Steve and Nancy are together at the end of season one. They're not together at the end of the entire story. No. And I think actually it would be very interesting to see another crisis arise and Nancy like, you know, fall back into that, that, you know, take charge, shoot a gun, solve the problem kind of thing that she was before. And Steve like tries to keep up, but ultimately can't. And they're everything with them falls apart. Like that would be interesting. And honestly, what I could see happening based off of what we've been talking about. And I mean, that's all really cool, but it it doesn't like the potential for the future and the possible speculation and what could be interesting out of what comes doesn't ultimately change the fact that it's not super believable but that that that's where they end up at season 1 yeah oh, right. which is all totally fine i i don't care strongly about with whom nancy ends up <laughs> sure. but it's the kind of thing where i was just like oh like that's weird like that yeah. doesn't uh, but all of which again totally fine but and I like that she did have a better relationship with Jonathan at the end, of it, right? And they can yep. like still be friends, and that's that's all fine. And Jonathan wasn't like super weird around her. It seems like something okay happened there, and I'm I'm down with all that. What if the ending scene with Nancy was just like her at a shooting range, <laughs> just alone <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a Demogorgon target? Yeah, <laughs> no, not even that. Just she's really into guns now. <laughs> It's not even like practice for the future. She doesn't have like that determined look where you're just like, you're just like, if she's just whatever. shopping for like, guns. She's not even at the range. She's just like buying she's a new like, shotgun. She's at a store. She runs into Jonathan, gives him the gift, says buy it, like goes up to the register and we see what's in her cart has just been handguns. But she needs to just be real casual. It's not like if anyone ever comes against my family again. It's like a, no, I'm just really big into these. Yeah. These she's are just, fun. Yeah, exactly. Just like a casual throwaway line like, oh, is this new this month? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it needs to be. Oh man, but, that would have been great. But one thing I will say though, that I will always hold against Steve is he was into the idea of having this like formative, not necessarily sexual, but like relationship experience scored by Africa by Toto. 
which oh, just I forgot about that. Which just kind of it's a big red mark in my book. Oh man, I'm just throwing that out there. I, I don't know. D- Dak Shepard and 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 Kristen Bell have Kristen have really changed at just how romantic that song can be in my head. <laughs> I'm not familiar with what you're referencing. I'll, I'll but show I'm curious. you. After I this. like I like Dak Shepard and Kristen Bell. <laughs> I can say that. So I mean that was that was the bigger thing for me is I was just like eh, this seems like a bit of a jump. I don't care a lot, but. It seemed like I I felt she made the wrong choice. I would say Jonathan or no one. And honestly, I would prefer no one because I don't really even mean that as like, a oh, it's my way or the highway. I'm like, no, I think that would be a good option. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm sure there's more to say. But once again, we're going to we'll cover it in the topic episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But with that, yeah, uh, that will be the end of our Stranger Things episode. This was fun. Uh, long thing cool thing yeah Um, might do more of this in the future who knows who knows let us know Um, next up is going to be Beyond Two Souls after that the topic episode and then after that is going to be Syncopated Worlds so yeah stick around thanks so much for listening thanks for listening to this episode of Read Watch Play if you want to help us out the best thing you can do is tell your friends about the show You can also rate and review us on iTunes. If you want to find us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RWP Podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash RWP Podcast. Check out our Tumblr at rwppodcast.tumblr.com. And look out for our game streams on Twitch at twitch.tv slash readwatchplay. I don't know what we're waiting for. I'm not going to deliver a summary right now. What? We've been doing this live for every episode. What the hell? I was, listen, I I would, but I just didn't bring my little like my little like tape player in which we always play the summary, yeah, the summary music, music on. Music. Right. I didn't bring it, so we can't do it right now. All right.